Welcome back to another episode of Create Your Life with your host, Tessa Lloyd. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Wadarong people of the Wadarong Aboriginal Corporation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. What's up everyone? Welcome back to Create Your Life. You're here with your host Tessa Lloyd and we are going to be having a conversation about body image today, um, which uh, for a lot of the women tuning in, I know that this is something that you'll resonate with because we're women growing up in this world um, and today we have a guest star and the guest star is my inner critic, my inner body image critic sassy saskia so i decided to name sassy saskia a little while ago following a recommendation from um, a woman who i did a bit of work with in terms of my inner critic and i've brought her on to guest star in this episode because number one it's really great for us to bring to light what our inner critic is actually saying and distinguish that from uh, logic and distinguish that from what is actually true and relevant and our reality in our world. Um, And I think it's also really important to have a chat about what my inner critic says to me, because I know this is probably going to resonate with quite a few of you um, who, you know, who have, who have grown up under pressures about what our body looks like, whether that's internal or external. Um, So me naming Saskia or Sassy is one of the things that I did to stop her influence from buckling me at the knees and instead let me coexist with her. So I can honestly say I think Saskia's along for the ride. I think she's going to be my um, my twisted little right-hand woman for the rest of my life. And I don't dwell in that. I don't give her a lot of airtime anymore. Or when I do give her airtime, I have quite a constructive conversation with her most of the time. Sometimes I slip up. Um But what I do when I recognize that she is, you know, using her voice and it's not my logical, grounded, you know, worthy voice, when I realize that she's coming through, I actually can take a stand as, you know, I will say to her, I'm a grown ass woman, you know, I can handle hearing your words now and and I know what to do and that's what I'm going to run you through today is how to coexist with that uh, critical body image voice or that eating disordered voice that tells you things that aren't true about yourself and that berates you and hurts you and makes you see yourself in a light that you don't deserve to see yourself. 
So we're going to delve into that. Um, so welcome Sassy to the conversation. Um, and now that I've introduced her, I want to read you a passage that I've written on body image before. So this was a, probably about a year and a year and a half ago. Um, and I think it introduces my experiences and stance on this topic nicely. So I thought I'd read something that I've already written and then we'll, we'll dive into our chat. So this is what I wrote. I want to talk about something important, the impact of staying small, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that means to you. I hope this post is what someone needs to read today to remind you of what you deserve. The first time I acknowledged that I had an it's complicated relationship with staying small was when I was 11 years old. I was taking steroids for my autoimmune disease that made me gain weight. The weight that I put on as a tiny 11 year old made me feel ugly and other kids awful names confirmed that ridiculous thought for me. I skipped meals and hated how I looked. I was 11 years old, how fucked up is that? When I was 15, it began again and again at 17. Not feeling good enough, literally wanting to shrink away, thinking if I can just be small, the rest will fall into place. Skipping meals, exercising compulsively, lightheaded, cranky, anxious, self-conscious. I was so young and you'd think I would have learnt from that. But this voice that encourages you to stay small in every single aspect of your life is strong. Stay quiet, stay sweet, stay settled, stay small. And the thing is, no matter how small you make yourself, you don't stay safe from the world. You aren't sweet, you aren't quiet, you aren't settled. This anxious, pathetic voice will cause ripple effects throughout your life. Staying small and being your best self are two concepts that can't coexist. I'm going to say that again for you guys. Staying small, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and being your best self are two concepts that can't coexist. Two years ago was my last and I hope final battle with this voice. So that'd be three years ago now. Would it? I had forgotten every lesson that I'd learnt while growing up, or maybe I had been impacted by some of the lessons I had learnt growing up. More meal skipping and compulsive exercise on an empty tummy, fainting, skipping social outings, throwing up food, feeling for ribs and hips every few minutes to make sure they hadn't disappeared. This is super sad stuff, but this is pretty common sad stuff. Staying small serves no one, not you, not your friends, not your family, not your work, not your larger community. Only two months ago, so now it's a year ago, did I realize something huge about that voice in my head. That voice tells me that when I am smaller, I am easier to love, easier to care for in every aspect, my voice, my thoughts, the way I show up at work, my opinions, my body. Can anyone else relate? Can anyone else hear that little voice on a low day that says, just be quiet, just be good, just stay small? It's a load of horse shit, but it can seem so very real. 
This relationship to the space that I take up in this world in every way is connected to my relationships with love, friendship, business, family, money, the list goes on. The same goes for all of us. I was trying to hide from the world physically and emotionally and I did it. But now showing up in my full power and full body brings far more security, beauty and love than staying small ever did. I might be living with this voice in my head like many others for the rest of my life, but giving my body nutrition, working on my fear-based stories, trying new things, practicing gratitude, talking to friends and family, making new connections, working through past hurt and following a path that I truly want to walk down is making that voice smaller and smaller. I'm here to take up space now. I'm loved because of who I am, the lives I help, and the love that I give. Not because I am home to a small body or am quiet, quotation marks, or sweet, quotation marks. I hope you know that you are too. Here's to more growing together and discovering ways to become more of ourselves. All right, so that's what I wrote a year ago, and I know that there's women out there who are listening and who will feel me on this that the body image voice can be fucking nasty. So that's a little background on, you know, a bit of a summary of my story that doesn't go hardcore into the details of, of what went on, but that's the, that's a sort of, um, journey that I've been on and the voice that I'm learning to coexist with now. So I'm going to tell you what Saskia says to me and you might recognize some of them. Your ass looks huge. Are you getting a double chin? I swear those jeans are tied on you now. What if people notice that you've put on weight? What if you look fat compared to your friends? So that's some of the things she says on the regular. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, Saskia. Okay, okay. And then sometimes she gets really fucking nasty. And this is what she can say when she's feeling extra sassy. Oh, you fucked up. Why can't you feel your hip bones today? Look at all those rolls. Look at her. She doesn't have fat on her like you do. No one's going to love you when you look like that. If you don't pull it together, you're going to lose control of everything. So, yeah, Saskia has a fair crack at me and I know that um that some of you guys will have felt the same thing and it sucks it sucks especially when you don't know how to coexist with that voice and especially when you take your inner critic body image voice on board and process it as reality and process it as logic and something that will keep you safe and I'm going to have a chat about that a little more too so here's what so Saskia will say these things sometimes on a weekly basis sometimes on a daily basis and here's what Saskia makes her comments mean for me and this is from um, doing a bit of work on this as well lots of work on this this is what Saskia means when she's saying those things Number one, the smaller you are, the more worthy you are of good things. 
Number two, the smaller you are, the more lovable you are. And therefore, the more likely you are to belong. If you can control what you look like, you can control your inner world and outer world. If you, fit, if you eat less, you'll feel better when you wake up. The smaller you are, the safer you are. And I think this one sums it all up. So my, um, my fear-based voice, so Saskia is fearful as fuck and is just like, I just you know, want us to stay safe and she's a very primal voice, let's stay safe. And her overarching thing is if we can stay small, we will be safe. And it is a load of bullshit. So I have empathy for Saskia. I see her like, you know, her beady eyes and her um, her trembling hands. I have empathy for her. But what she talks about is complete bullshit. And it is all based on fear. And it's all based on ego. And the ego's, you know, primary concern is to keep us safe. So I come at these statements that get repeated in my head by my inner critic, by Saskia, with empathy and with a knowing that I am, like I said before, a grown-ass woman who can navigate what they're saying and who can comfort what the inner critic is saying and know that I can hold down the fort with other means of safety rather than being small becoming our means of safety. So that that is the key thing that I have learned is where can I comfort this voice that thinks the key to staying safe is staying small and controlling, you know, controlling weight and controlling food? Where can I show up so that safety is created elsewhere? which is so much easier said than done. This is my, this is just my personal experience. Um, and this is, yeah, this is coming from a stance of someone who hasn't, I was never admitted to an inpatient unit for an eating disorder. Um, and you know, I only sought treatment when it was, when things had gotten really bad and, uh, or not really bad, when things had um, kind of deteriorated for me personally and when I had just quickly, you know, developed these habits that weren't healthy and that, you know, I knew deep down wasn't going to serve me, especially when I work in mental health and especially when I, you know, have, um, when I do and want to continue supporting young women who have issues with body image and who have been diagnosed with an eating disorder. So this is only coming from my personal perspective of someone who wasn't formally diagnosed with an eating disorder. Um, I, I participated in disordered eating behaviours and I have an ongoing um, relationship with a body image in a critic voice. That's how I will say it. Um, okay, so... Here is what influenced Saskia to say that, and you guys will have, will understand this. So um, I think social media has so many wonderful components of it. I think you need to be super clever with how you 
use it. And I think that, you know, a lot of the time we are still learning how to be discerning with how we, um, you know, participate and show up on social media. So it had, it took me a couple of years to um, stop looking at the fitness models and to stop um, idolizing them and to start following body positive pages. And fuck me, it's made a difference. Like we all know, especially, you know, amidst a pandemic, how much time we've spent on social media and we can spend on social media. And that's a whole nother topic. But even when I'm moderating my social media use, I will still spend, unless I've hopped off um, Instagram completely, I will still spend an hour a day on social media. And so that's like if I was to follow fitness models who are encouraging, you know, skinny me tees and who are using weight trainers every day and who are exercising compulsively and restricting eating and and contributing to um, an inaccurate standard of what is considered an average body weight and what is to be aspired to. If I was to continue to do that, it's like sitting there and reading a fitness magazine for an hour a day of bodies that I will can never achieve because number one, we can't compare and number two, we all have different bodies. And when we, when you put it into perspective like that, it is really important to take notice of what you are following on Instagram and what you shouldn't follow and what is contributing to a bigger problem for you. So that's what influenced it for me is not seeing enough women who had a regular body on Instagram. That's what had contributed. This has changed now because now I just, you know, I follow many different um, body body positive pages. Uh, Growing up in the 90s and early 2000s where you'll remember the the women like Cameron Diaz were wearing those low-cut jeans just above their pubic bone and like their hips were poking out and they had these tiny bums which is like, you know, power to them. But I remember thinking like, you know, they've got tiny bums, their hips are poking out, they have no tummy at all, they're like they have nothing on their arms and... I just thought that was so stock standard or like, you know, Marissa in the OC. um, I just thought it was so normal. And from such a young age, I was like, God, I'm so big. I just thought from such a young age, I'm destined to be big. Um, And healthy me knows that I'm, you know, I'm not big. Uh, It's just, it just goes to show how things can, how things can affect you. Um, So lacking self-esteem and self-worth and not working on that. So when I hadn't worked on it and when I was just participating in unhealthy things in my life, of course my self-worth and self-esteem is going to be low. Um, So when I was told I was fat in high school, um, that contributed having people comment on the food that I ate as a child and as a teenager and as an adolescent, that contributed being positively reinforced for losing weight and being quotation marks healthy. So, you know, a little louder for the people in the back. Uh, How many of us have had people comment on what we eat when really it's none of their business? And it's, it's become too normal in today's society where we will discuss things that other people eat. Um, 
and discuss other people's weight. And yeah, I think that's a contributing factor. Sorry guys, please forgive me. I just uh, plugged my microphone back in. So the sound quality probably wasn't as great just then. Um, I realized that I got on a roll and hadn't, um, and the mic had fallen out. So, okay, back on track. So I think that that is uh, something to take into consideration that we do live in a culture that um, is, is slowly changing, but, you know, there are pockets everywhere where healthy and, you know, weight control and, you know, determined and um, regimented and, you know, glossy and toned is still very much um, looked up to. And I think that's important to be aware of where we are doing things from a place of, you know, self-hatred and low self-esteem and wanting to belong and participating in behaviours that aren't healthy. They aren't contributing to our health. They're contributing to our um, detriment and there's an important distinction between those two. So, um, okay, next one. Uh, Having partners comment on my weight was something that influenced it and not taking responsibility for where I was playing a part and letting myself be controlled by external influences so personally that was a big thing for me as soon as I took my external locus of control back into an internal things started to change for me and I stopped you know being in the victim role and not that I was consciously in the victim role or trying to you know, do any of it for, um, for shits and giggles, but you do realize that, um, as soon as you pull your power back inwards, how much power you were giving to the external. And that's it. That's a problem. Um, because the power is with us. All right, guys. So I'm going to tell you what I say to Sassy Saskia when she's playing up, when she's had a few drinks, she's had a few champagnes and she's sitting there, looking at me in the eye and you can, you just know she's lining up something to say to me. This is what I've got for her. I have more energy levels with more nutrients. So as soon as I like tackled all of this stuff head on, I think I've said this in one of my previous podcasts, if there was a graph for what I could achieve when I started eating properly and you know the way that my life changed while that happened, it was just going up and up and up. So physically, in the most logical sense, I was being reinforced for the things that I could, um, not that I want to contribute to a culture of achievement, but the things that you know would make me feel good and the things that I could do when I was eating properly were you know directly conditioning me to to eat properly and to get nutrients into my body and feel like I had the energy to do what I needed to do during that day. Cause if I want to be a boss ass woman, I don't have time to feel tired all day and to feel weak and fatigued. And like, I'm going to faint, like I don't have time for that shit. And like I said before, staying small and being your best self don't coexist, especially when it's not meant to be your body type. If you are smushing yourself into this tiny body type that other people um, may be born with or may achieve with minimal effort, you are going to drain yourself slowly or quickly. Um, 
I tell myself, this is another thing I say to Sassy, um, I'm not a girl anymore. I'm a woman with curves. So I think when it comes down to safety, that staying in that little girl self helps us feel this element of safety because if we can stay small and young and a girl, something will protect us. And what happens when we stand up and be that grown woman and have our own backs and have the backs of other people? It's a big step to take and I think that staying small and staying that little girl without the curves is, you know, I think they're closely related how to hide away from the world and be the child or how to show up and be the woman with the curves. Uh, do I really want to get to the end of my life and know that I stuck to a low weight and controlled my eating? So what about the things that I want to achieve? What about the way that I want to feel? What about the people who I want to support? You know, do I really want my tombstone? This is a bit morbid, but my tombstone at the end of my life to say she she still fit into those pants from high school when she was 60. Do I really want that? Do I really want to have people remember me by the weight that I kept off or how toned I was or, you know, my how how well I stuck to my exercise regime and how, um, quotation marks, healthy I ate. Is that really going to be my thing or do I want my, my life to mean more? And the answer was yes. And as soon as I stopped, um, so this is an, another conversation, but as soon as it stopped being my thing, the rest fell into place. So a lot of the times when I've made this control of eating or uh, weight my thing, it's because other things weren't lighting me up or I wasn't feeling a sense of safety somewhere. So I was creating that within my um, eating patterns. So yeah, that's a big one. What do I want to get? What do I really want to know at the end of my life? Do I want to know that I stuck to a low weight and controlled eating or do I want to know that I showed the fuck up and did some beautiful things with my life? and enjoyed that slice of pizza and that glass of wine and laughed my head off with my friends in the backyard in the sun or do I really or do I want to be the girl who skipped it and had a um you know skipped the meal completely or just peeked at the pizza or you know threw it up afterwards how do I want to feel and what do I want to get from my life uh, small doesn't equal safer. This is number four that I say to Sassy. Small doesn't equal safer. Small means I have done certain things to get there and have acted from fear, which does not make me safer. Small is the opposite of safe. Making yourself, pushing yourself into that body. This is not saying a, a body that is meant to be small that is small isn't safe. That's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you are pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself to be in a smaller body or to be emotionally small or to spiritually show up in a small way and not fulfill your purpose and not use your voice, it is not going to make you safer. You are acting from fear and you are going to continue to contribute to a process of fear and stress rather than showing up and feeling empowered. 
Safety doesn't come from weight control. This is number five. So small doesn't equal safe. This is what equals safe. Safety doesn't come from weight control. Safety comes from self-soothing, belonging, connections, grounded self-worth, physical and structural safety within my home, financial safety, and emotional safety created by myself and those around me. As well as this, this is important, a sense of responsibility and participation in the decisions made in my own life. They are what give us safety and what give me safety. Not weight control and not staying small. All right, here we go. So here are my mental health clinician slash lived experience tips for coexisting with your uh, body image in a critic or your um, disordered eating voice or even your just your version of Sassy Saskia who has had a couple of champagnes and she's ready to go. All right. Number one, I track my menstrual cycle and I know that my weight will fluctuate at certain times of my cycle. So I am PMSing like a motherfucker at the moment. I'm on day 33 and it's about time that it ends. Um, But it does mean that I am bloated. It's just what happens. And I'm not bloated like when I eat gluten and I bloat because I'm gluten intolerant. I am bloated and just holding a little more fluid around my body. And, um, you know, that's just such a stock standard thing that women can experience or um, people who menstruate can experience. Okay, so that is a really important thing to know that our body will not stay the same weight even when we eat the same foods and and exercise the same amount if we have a regular menstrual cycle or not even a regular, if we have a menstrual cycle. So number two, I hold the part of my body. Sorry, I'll go back to that actually. So with um, tracking your cycle, there's so many resources. You can Google um, tracking your cycle and lots of things will come up. Claire Baker is a woman who does so much wonderful work on um, working with the cycle and she has a free ebook on her website. I'm fairly sure um, still about tracking your cycle and the hormones in your cycle. But just another thing is that I use, I use Flow, the app, um, and yeah, I find it really good. I downloaded it for free. It tells you what date it is and what day you're on and what symptoms you may experience because of that day and asks you little checking questions and things. So it's great. Um, and yeah, for me, I know when my weight is going to fluctuate and when it's going to be, you know, at its baseline level. And that's really cool for, for me to be able to kind of wrestle with Saskia with. <laughs> okay. Um, when I start to criticize my body part, a certain body part, um, I will hold that part of my body that I'm criticizing and I'll just say in my head, it's okay. You are safe. I will love you. I love you. And I know. So when I started doing this, I was at the opposite of loving that body part. 
but it works. I send love to what I'm criticizing and I fight shame with empathy and compassion. My body weight is directly linked to, so not my body weight, my, um, so Saskia's voice that rears her head is making my weight about my worth and my worth is linked to my belonging and my belonging is a shame point for me. Well, it was a shame point for me. It's something that I've been, you know, have worked on for years and years. And if I feel shame about my body, it's to do with worth and belonging. And the best way to fight shame, fight fire with fire, is with compassion and empathy. And I send love and compassion and empathy to my body and just feel so grateful for what it can do as opposed to the curves that I have, the very normal curves that I have. Number three, I use my social media for good and follow body, potty, body, gosh, that word keeps messing me up and follow body positive pages and pages that deliver great messages about body image and eating disorder recovery. So Like I said, before we spend time on social media, a lot of us do. So if we're going to do it, let's be discerning and use it well. Um, And two of my favorite accounts are Danae Mercer. She posts some such good um, posts and pictures and um, truth-telling stories about body image. Love her. And Dr. Colleen, I think it's Reichman. So R-E-I-C-H-M-A-N-N and She is an ED clinician and has a lived experience of an eating disorder as well. And her content, her quotes and her, you know, useful resources are just so on point. They're so wonderful. Um, Okay, number four, I eat foods for the nutrients that they give me and how they make me feel. And I'm always trying my best to use food as a friend and an item of pleasure and not as a punishment. Number five, I don't weigh myself anymore. I don't read nutrition labels. I exercise when I know it will make me feel good and not when I want to punish myself. I work on my self-worth and underlying mental health constantly because if I let that slip, Saskia comes out to play. She's like, I got this boss, I got this. You know, you're feeling fearful, let's just get small. It's okay, we can do this. I fill up my life with things that align and light up my life. So going back to what I said before, losing weight and being in control of my body and weight is not going to be my thing. It's not what I'm going to get to the end of my life and be like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have that yummy food. I'm so glad I maintained my weight. I don't want it to be my thing. So the question is, what do I want to be my thing? And that is the things that light my life the fuck up. So people, work, where I live, the activities that I do, the self-care I practice, I fill my things in life, fill my life with things that align with me. Um, And number, what are we up to now? I don't even know anymore. I embrace the mess a little more and lean into chaos a little more. So this is an ongoing thing in my head um, of enjoying the little uncertainties. And I'm just reminding myself all the time that that's where the beauty is. 
And that comes from creating safety in healthy ways. So it's all well and good to say, you know, embrace the mess and the chaos. I can only healthily embrace mess and chaos when I'm coming from a foundation of safety and worthiness and trust. And this go- this is the same for all of us. We need a foundation to work from in order to love ourselves and in order to embrace the mess and, you know, enjoy the, the uncertainty of life. So I create safety for myself in healthy ways now, as opposed to leaning on food control to create safety. With routine, healthy relationships, uh, lots of downtime and self-care, open and honest conversations to air out my shame and my worries um, instead of internalizing them and, you know, then using food or food restriction as a numbing tool. Um, Working in ways that bring me financial stability and fear. So financial stability and structural stability and safety are really important things here and are are things that I can say from privilege that I have and it is hard to feel safe physically and emotionally when we don't have structural safety. So we need that there. Um, And that's what I work to create for myself now with my work. I don't need to turn to food for control anymore. I just create safety in different healthy ways. And that's an ongoing thing. Sometimes when things are starting to feel a little more rocky, I'll hear Saskia come up and then I know that it's time to create more safety and groundedness for myself. Uh, I recognize when I'm thinking and acting from stress now. So when I make comparisons and shrink away, Uh, or become conscious of how I look and worry about food, it means I'm acting from stress and fear. So that's a sign for me that I need to come back to my mental health tools and de-stress. And on that note, I will pull myself up on comparisons now constantly because there is no comparison. There is no comparison amongst women or the bodies that we have because we are all so, so fucking beautiful And healthy me knows that. So if I'm comparing, that's where I need to sort myself out. All right. My last one here is I'll recognize, and you'll have your own inner voice name. I'll recognize when Saskia's in town and I'll welcome her with empathy. I will often have a conversation in my head that goes like this. I hear what you're trying to tell me and that ultimately you want to keep me safe. But I'm a grown-ass woman who has learnt that you are wrong in what you tell me. When you say that, the smaller you are, the more worthy you are of good things. The smaller you are, the more lovable you are. If you can control what you look like, you can control your inner and outer world. And if you eat less, you'll feel better when you wake up. Ultimately, I know that you are wrong when you tell me the smaller I am, the safer I am. I hear that you want to keep me small because for you, small equals safe, but it just isn't true. There is so much more to life than staying small, and I'm sorry for all the times that I reinforce that you are right, that I condition you to believe that small is better. I'm sorry, and I'm here for you, Saskia. We can do this. All right. That's been a ride, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that 
you've taken something from this conversation between myself and with our guest star Sassy Saskia. I really hope that there has been some tools within today's convo that you can that you can use and some um, parts of the story that you can resonate with. At the moment, I'm on my own journey of welcoming in the chaos continuously and the mess and celebrating the mess. Um, But like I said before, and this is what I'll finish on, I'm here to take up space now. I'm loved because of who I am, the lives I help and the love I give. Not because I am home to a small body or am quotation marks quiet or sweet. I hope that you know that you are too. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. Um, I will see you in a fortnight. As always, so awesome to sit here and, and know the faces who I'm who I'm talking to. If you could rate or subscribe or share the podcast with um with the world that would be so wonderful and so great for me to be able to um get my my words in more people's ears to hopefully contribute to the world in a better way all right i'll see you in two weeks take care of yourselves be kind to yourselves be kind to others and let me know how the podcast resonates with you All right, big love. Bye.